So what time does the 7 o'clock meeting start? 7 o'clock. All right then, welcome to Position of Neutrality, welcome to New Freedom. Who is here at New Freedom for the first time tonight? Anybody? Oh good, a bunch of you? So, first of all, welcome. And second, let me warn you in advance, you're liable to experience us just a little different than other meetings of other fellowships you may have had, been to or attended. And the primary reason you're liable to perceive a difference is we intend for you to have a very different experience here. What we do here, we've done for lots of years, we take a look at the suggested instruction for a step or so a week directly out of this book. And we use this book in 12-step recovery. Why? process described by the authors of this book has been proven to work with addicts of the hopeless variety, addicts to alcohol and other substances. So what we do here is basically part of the 12th step, try to carry this message to other alcoholics. So I'm going to assume that you have an interest in alcoholic people, addicted people, or you have an interest in serving some. And so what I'm not going to do is tell you what the book says, because what it says to you is none of my business, but I am going to show you how I find what it says to me, because I am an expert in my own experience. And what I'll do is I'll try to share my experience with you, and if we both do our job, we'll share a spiritual experience in this room tonight. Fair enough? And how many of you have been here before and can witness for these folks? Show of hands that that does happen. So when we're talking to you about a spiritual experience, we're talking to you about a sensory experience. You will feel it. When you do, I'll know. And I'll call it to your attention, because we would cheat you to talk to you about the power we call God without a demonstration of the power. Fair enough? And those of you that are already asking, how do you, knowing me, I feel something, prove God? Well, maybe it doesn't. But we take some things on faith around here. At most AA meetings I've ever attended, they read a little portion of chapter 5. And they tell us there is one who has all power. That one is? So if you're feeling something, and I know... Did we not at least demonstrate oneness? And then we'll grow from there. If we can agree on that, we can grow from there. The other thing I want to tell everyone that's in here tonight, I know there's a lot of members in here and members' family. Thank you for coming. There's a couple of events that we have for members and their family and the community to come in and celebrate our returning citizens here. One is tonight. You're welcome here to come and and have the recovery experience with your loved ones. And the other one is Saturday night. Uh, Chaplain Lee, if you'd stick your hand up so they know who you are. He, he does a service in here. He's 30 years a chaplain to the Department of Corrections. He knows how to minister to people who other people don't know how to minister to. So I, I would challenge you to at least come check him out if you're just even curious. It's the Recovery Church at 7 o'clock on Saturdays here. You're welcome to come in and support your member, if your families, and if you just have an interest in our community, come on the 18th of this month, which is not this Saturday, but the following Saturday. We're going to have a baptism in the indoor pool, and it's going to be an event. That's right. So come. We are expecting a big crowd. Chaplain Lee is going to be here afterwards if you want to see him. If you want to know more about it, or if you want to sign up to be baptized, he'll take care of it. We've got to get a head count so we know how, what kind of support we're offering. So tonight, we're going to dive into step two. Last week, we talked about the power of testimony. We talked about hopeless state of mind and body. We talked about Bill's experience encountering Evie 
and recognizing that Ebby, whatever Ebby had been, he was different at that encounter. He was changed. He was glowing. Yeah? Fresh-skinned and glowing. Weird way to describe a drinking buddy. Yes? Okay. So something had happened as a result of the encounter. The encounter that Ebby had had, we're hoping to share with you tonight. Because that's what all step two is about an encounter. Notice it shouldn't invoke any theologies because we come to believe in power. That makes sense? So we're going to go to page 44 of our book in a chapter called We Agnostics. Any of you following along in a book? And if you're not following along in a book, that's fine. Just verify what I'm telling you because if you let me read your book for you, you're giving me the power to think for you. And I would avoid, I would avoid that if I were you. Just throwing it out there. How many of you have believed somebody told you something and then you went and told somebody else, found out it was patently false? <laughs> Everyone that's ever been in a recovery room, a church, a schoolyard, right? So don't let that happen because it's important to the lives that you lead and the lives that you'll touch, yeah? Okay, so we agnostics, in the preceding chapters, you've learned something of alcoholism. So what chapters are they talking about? Bill's story... There is a solution, more about alcoholism. How many of you learned something about alcoholism in those chapters? How many of you learned most of what you know about alcoholism by lived experience? Okay, so the book's idea was to sort some of that out for us, right? To help us understand the incomprehensible actions and attractions, yes? Okay. So we hope we've made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. Have they made clear that distinction? What is it? Someone shout it out. That I, I, I can't start and stop. Yep. You know what he's talking about? One symptom we have in common. We may have many similarities, but the one symptom we have in common is this abnormal reaction we have. When I put liquor in my body, I'm energized. That's an abnormal reaction to a sedative. And so the doctor opined that... that the, we're in a distinct class, if that's our experience, right? Okay, so the one thing that, that binds us is that when I put it in my body, I have a different effect. Where's my opiate addict? Did you ever have anyone confused by how energetic you got after you got fixed? <laughs> that's an abnormal reaction. Okay, I won't go down that road any further. Everyone seems to understand. All right, so... We hope we've made clear the distinction between the alcoholic and the non-alcoholic. If, when you honestly want to, you find you cannot quit entirely. Is that you? Really wanted to stop and couldn't stop and stay stopped? Okay. Or if, when drinking, you have little control over the amount you take. Any of you? Which did you discover first? It's a personal journey. Which one of you discovered you couldn't stop and stay stopped? And which one of you got disturbed by your lack of control? How many of you were confused and thought your lack of control was a choice? And you just kept changing your mind? Perhaps I overreacted. <laughs> a little confusing, isn't it? Okay, so if that be the case, you may be suffering from an illness which only a spiritual experience will conquer. So they're trying to deal you some truth. If I've got a spiritual problem, why do you think they call alcohol spirits? Because it freed me from me with the essence of what was. Now I need to get into a spirit of what is. And it's the only thing that's going to solve my problem with the spirit of what was. It's kind of a logical deduction. Don't take my word for it. 
run it through your prayer life and see if it fits. So to one who feels that he's an atheist or agnostic, such an experience seems impossible. So anybody here who now or at some time in the past thought themselves atheist or agnostic? In every room they're there, a lot of times they don't want to raise their hands, but they're, okay, does it sort of seem impossible from that mindset? Either that God, there is no God or God can't be proven to exist, some, some variation? Okay, fair enough. But to continue as he is means disaster. Did we conclude that too? If something doesn't change, it's going to get a little hairy, right? Okay. Especially if he's an alcoholic of the hopeless variety. So the only thing they've let us do is start to conclude how serious our alcoholism is up to this point. How many of you have concluded you might be an alcoholic of the hopeless variety, an addict of the hopeless variety? I may not be one of the don't pick up no matter what class. Because I pick up no matter what. Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Okay. All right. So... So at first, some of us tried to avoid the issue, hoping against hope we were not true alcoholics. How many of you have tried to avoid the issue? Okay. Well, we're in good company, because rarely have we seen a person fail who's thoroughly followed our path. So it's so important to get our experience lined up, right? Okay, but after a while, we had to face the fact that we must find a spiritual basis of life or else. Perhaps it's going to be that way with you. So no, no earnestness to convict you. This is between you and the spirit in you. Right? Okay. But cheer up. Something like half of us thought we were atheists or agnostics. Our experience shows that you need not be disconcerted. So these guys agreed on every word. They said the words they meant. They meant the words they said. The we they talk about is them, not us, or anyone you've met in the modern fellowship. You've got to get that. What they learned is regardless of what they thought, their experience changed their mind. Regardless of what you think, the experience will change your mind. Whoever's sitting in here thinking I'm undeserving, I'm unworthy, I don't believe, he believes, you're here, it will, the experience will change your mind. With me? Good. Some of you felt that. Who felt that? That's, that's the power. That's in you. That's not, that's not me. Okay? All right. So, if a mere code of morals or a better philosophy of life were sufficient to overcome alcoholism, many of us would have recovered long ago. But we found that such codes and philosophies did not save us no matter how much we tried. So how many of you tried changing your playmates and playthings and playgrounds? How many of you found out the dope got there before you did? <laughs> so codes and philosophies are not going to save the likes of me. They may have saved somebody else. I don't discount their experience, but my experience shows such codes and philosophies do not save me. Does that make sense? Okay. All right. So. We could wish to be moral, we could wish to be philosophically comforted. In fact, we could will these things with all our might, but the needed power wasn't there. How many of you have wished to be moral and then failed yourself? If we're honest, probably all of us, right? How many of you have been in that loop? Head emotion, head emotion. I want to be free. Just let me, I want to let that go. Oh, screw me, you know, or screw them, or whatever. Any of you been there? Just stuck. Power to be philosophically comforted, to stop the battle within me and let me see. How many of you want that power? Some of you felt that. If we're honest, we all want that power. We think it's an extravagant promise, don't we? <laughs> we think not. Okay. All right. Our human resources, as marshaled by the will, were not sufficient. They failed utterly. 
lack of power. That was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. That's in italics. Why did they conclude that, even though half of them were atheists or agnostics? Yeah, how many of you had a firm conviction it wasn't safe to go even do one? I'm never going to do it again. And somewhere in the course of the next hours, days, weeks, your mind changed. So that problem centers in my mind, and it goes with me, and it continually takes me out into the illusion of control until life becomes unsustainable without medication. What happens for me? Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Okay. So it's got to be a power greater than me, because when I leave here, it better go with me. Because there's going to be all kinds of options when I go out from here. Right? You notice how they did not close down the trap house or the bar when you sobered up. <laughs> not even in the penitentiary, did they, fellas? Okay. <laughs> okay. Obviously, but where and how are we to find this power? Well, that would be the question. I need power, I don't really care about your theology, and I don't really care about your meetings and your fellowship, but I, I definitely need power, right? I need power to live, because there's a spirit in me that wants me dead, right? So let's not keep a bunch of addicts waiting. Where and, we, where and how are we to find this power? They don't ask a question, they don't give you precise answers to, so let's go to page 55. And that second paragraph, it says, actually, we were fooling ourselves. So who's we? The first 100, half of which were atheists or agnostics. So now they're going to describe for you the experience they had that changed their mind. Fair enough? For deep down in every man, woman, and child is the fundamental idea of God. So is anyone in here not man, woman, or child, or some combination thereof? We've pretty much covered the whole... Okay. So deep down within you, according to their experience, God's idea for you has been placed. Over the years, I've heard people teach this as, why don't you come up with your own idea of God, which they suggest to start, but then once I'm in the second step experience, it's not about the God that you create. It's about getting to know the God that created you. And that better be tangible and it better be relevant. Because I'm the real deal. I am the hopeless one. Maybe some of you are, too, or you wouldn't be sitting listening to me. That's just the way it works. Okay. Um, so it tells us it may be obscured by calamity, by pomp, by worship of other things, but in some form or other it's there. How many of you, once you started your step process, you encountered power, you were somehow able to look inward when you hadn't been able to do that before, discovered purpose in your existence? How many of you, when you were shown the purpose in your existence, immediately found power to carry it out? Some of you felt that. Now they're going to describe that experience to us. In some form or other, it's there for faith and a power greater than ourselves and miraculous demonstrations of that power in human lives are facts as old as man himself. We finally saw that faith in some kind of God was a part of our makeup, just as much as the feeling we have for a friend. So where are we going looking? deep down inside, and they said the first thing you might realize is you might have experienced a feeling for a friend. How many of you have had a friend? <laughs> Come on, my meth addicts, my cocaine addicts, you had lots of friends. <laughs> Nobody else saw them, but you had them. 
How'd they make you feel? We're not, don't, and you guys that are legalists in the Bible, I'm not saying God is a feeling. What I'm saying is your awareness of the feeling is the power we're talking about. Does that make sense? Okay. So it says, sometimes we had to search fearlessly, but he was there, capital H. So right behind the idea is the power to carry it out, capital H. And they're describing to you how the experience changed their mind. Then they had to walk it out, which is why we have steps after two. Make sense? Okay. He was as much a fact as we were. We found the great reality deep down within us in the last analysis. It's only there that he may be found. It was so with us. Why did they tell us that? It's only there that he may be found. It was so with us. These guys are written, writing this after a 12-step experience, trying to carry this message. So they're telling you that many times in their walk through the day, they gave power to things external. Any of you ever done that? But in the last analysis, I'm looking in the wrong place. Any of you have been victim to that? Okay, so there's, there's where we are with... Step two, it says that my consciousness, my awareness of being aware of that power in my life, that purpose in my life has been obscured by calamity, pomp, and worship. And I'm going to have to search fearlessly in order to uncover that because my consciousness is blocked. How many of you started realizing once you started in the step process, even though no one called it to your attention, that there was actually like birds that sing in the morning? Did you think they just placed them here after you sobered up? <laughs> you think you're not awakening, but we've got to tell you the simple things that happen. How many of you were amazed by the fact the moon is visible most days? <laughs> anyway. Yeah. You'll see. You'll see. Okay. okay. So, well, that's exactly what this book is about. I'm back to 45. Its main object is to enable you. Now we're talking to you to find a power greater than yourself which will solve your problem. Now they wrote that, the first 100 wrote it to everyone that would read it thereafter. For everyone in this room, however many people are sitting in this room tonight, that's how many problems people perceive. But this power will solve whatever you perceive. So, they, so that's why they suggest a manner of living, that we grow in relationship with this power and this purpose and then, starting to make sense? So I'm going to have to find out what's up with these calamities, pomps, and worships. And so I'm going to have to search fearlessly, which is starting to set me up for why I might want to do a searching and fearless moral inventory once I get from encounter to decision and get going. Yeah? Okay. So that means we've written a book which we believe to be spiritual as well as moral. And it means, of course, that we're going to talk about God. Now we're going to drop the name that gets everybody squishy. Right? Why do we call this experience God in 12-step recovery? Because of the sensory nature, we had to agree on something. I'll just tell you why they did what they did. We, we, you, you'll form a relationship and you'll get informed as to who God is, but I'm telling you, when we talk about God in 12-step recovery, we're talking about the sensory experience of being redeemed from what I was. Yep, it's a signpost pointing to a power. So that you can set aside your prejudice and grow in the power as you see it activating in your life and the lives of others, right? Okay, so, and it means, of course, we're going to talk about God. Here, difficulty arises with agnostics. 
Many times we talk to a new man and watch his hope rise as we discuss his alcoholic problems and explain our fellowship. This is our fellowship, not our program. We've done a terrible job of messaging that. People say, I'm in the program, which means they go to meetings. No, you're in the fellowship. You may or may not have ever seen the program or had it presented to you. I've been around for lots of years. I can guarantee you there's lots of people in our rooms right now don't know that there is a program of recovery suggested in the book with precise instructions, which is why we talk about it. Not because we're big book thumpers, but because I'm self-destructive unless I'm empowered in the spirit. Um, but his face falls when we speak of spiritual matters, especially when we mention God, for we've reopened a subject which our man thought he had neatly evaded or entirely ignored. We know how he feels. Guys, we get your prejudice. We've all heard the stuff. We've all held on to beliefs that did not serve us. But this is the collective witness of a hundred people hopeless who have recovered. And their experience with the first several thousand. So the power of testimony is alive to this day, activating from them. They told us we would surely meet some of them as we trudge the road of happy destiny, but they told us we would meet them in the spirit, which we will do in here tonight. Yeah? Okay, so it says, we know how he feels. We've shared his honest doubt and prejudice. Some of us have been violently anti-religious. Anyone been violently anti-religious? Where did the violence emanate from? Perhaps you'll think deep down inside. Perhaps that's one of my calamities, my pomps, my worships that I might want to examine, right? No condemnation here. Therefore, there is no condemnation, Right? Let's, let's move past it. To others, the word God brought up a particular idea of him, which was someone, someone had tried to impress them during childhood. Perhaps we rejected this particular conception because it seemed inadequate. With that rejection, we imagined we had abandoned the God idea entirely. How many of you just figured you could live without it? See, it's never been about your idea of God. Your freedom comes when you finally learn God's idea for you. It's just a fact. So we were bothered with the thought that faith and dependence upon a power beyond ourselves was somewhat weak, even cowardly. Any of you get troubled with that? Some people do. I, just, we're, we're, I don't know who I'm talking to, and I know some people's prejudice comes up when we're doing this particular. If this isn't taught right, you're not doing any of the rest of it anyway. If you don't have an encounter, you'll never seek to improve conscious contact of a concept. And you'll never seek to improve conscious contact with a light bulb, a doorknob, or any other fucking silly shit we say in these rooms. <laughs> Won't happen. So don't pretend you're doing the steps if you haven't had an encounter, because you don't have the power. We I didn't say that, did I? <laughs> We looked upon this world of warring individuals, warring theological systems, and inexplicable calamity with deep skepticism. We looked askance at many individuals who claimed to be godly. How could a supreme being have anything to do with it all? Have you ever asked yourself that? Most of us in some form or other have. When they put a question mark in this book, they expect us to go inward and see if I've had a similar thought and what did I conclude? Because eyesight without insight is spiritual blindness. We've got to get you looking inward to see what prejudice is blocking you from moving forward. Do not let fear keep you from becoming a better version of yourself. Go inward, encounter power, move forward, please. And who could comprehend a supreme being anyhow? 
Any of you ever thought that? One thing we know, a supreme being could comprehend a supreme being. Right? Yet in other moments, we found ourselves thinking when enchanted by a starlit night, who then made all this? Have you ever had that? I know that's flowery language. Have you ever seen something so inspiring in nature that it almost felt like an out-of-body experience? They said it was a feeling of awe and wonder, but it was fleeting and soon lost. Do you relate to them? We got, this is important that we get to this. So how many of you have been athletes or wannabes? You ever made the perfect catch, the perfect throw, the perfect dive, whatever your sport, the perfect shot? Come on, I got people in here who did some shooting. Uh, <laughs> did you notice when you did it, there was no thought or effort on your part? You knew, right? When that happened, you experienced your intuitive self. How about, how many of you have been in a dangerous place in your life? Did you notice when that was going on, time seemed to slow down? When that happened, you experienced your consciousness. Some of you got that. So all along, we've had these experiences, right? Are we with me now? Okay, let's go, because yes, we of agnostic temperament have had these thoughts and experiences. So if everyone that cared to have one did, now we have brought you up to speed with where they are and why people are converted from their beliefs based on their experience to a new set of beliefs. Does that make sense? Okay, so let us make haste to reassure you we found that as soon as we were able to lay aside prejudice and express even a willingness to believe in a power greater than ourselves, we commenced to get results even though it was impossible for any of us to fully define or comprehend that power which is God. So you all, all of you that cared to you had an aha moment. I have encountered that power that these people are talking about in those examples. That power is God for purposes of moving forward. Not a theology. That's our agreement as people in recovery that need power. Fair enough? Okay. So much to our relief, we discovered we did not need to consider another's conception of God. Why not? Because none of us can fully define or comprehend that power which is God. People's conception of God isn't as important as God's conception of you. Seek that and see what happens. Our own conception, however inadequate, was sufficient to make the approach and effect contact with him. As soon as we admitted the possible existence of a creative intelligence, a spirit of the universe underlying the totality of things, we began to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction, provided we took other simple steps. That's their promise, a new sense of power and direction. They were possessed of it, flowed through them, but was not of them, right? Possessed of. And they had to take certain simple steps, but they got power and direction right away. So what do you imagine the simple steps are? Probably 3 through 12, because this was 2. How many of you got power and direction right there? That's how simple it is. Right? This isn't mystical. This is a bunch of people, hopeless addicts, witnessing to an encounter they had that changed their life. Which is why when Ebby came to the door, it was so miraculous to Bill, and he appeared to be glowing because he had had his encounter. Start to make sense now? Okay. So we found that God does not make too hard terms with those who seek him to us, 
The realm of the spirit is broad, roomy, all-inclusive, never exclusive or forbidding to those who earnestly seek. It's open, we believe, to all men. When, therefore, we speak to you of God, we mean your own conception of God. Now, caveat, we never stay at our conception unless we are that type of person that says, the floor is the limit! (laughs) Because conception is where we start, experience changes our mind, and then we grow in conscious relationship of a tangible power in a relevant manner of living. Does that make sense? Okay. So this applies, too, to other spiritual expressions which you find in this book. Do not let any prejudice you may have against certain spiritual terms deter you from honestly asking yourself what they mean to you. Why do we want you to go inward at every question mark? Don't ask the guy in the back of the room. Don't ask. Go inward, because that's where the power is found, and ask your questions. And walk with someone who will help remind you to do that. I don't have any answers for you. The answers for you are in you. But I'm happy to pray with you and help you unpack. Yep. Okay. All right, so at the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Notice how they put that in order. This isn't a God of my understanding. This is a God as they understood him, and it was in a conscious relationship that they understood the experience they had was God. Following what I'm saying? We've mistaught that for years, God of your understanding. That's not what they say. They say... Seek God as you understand God, but not, not until you're in a vision for you, and they're talking about walking in the Spirit. Whole different experience. You need tangible power, guys. If you, if you belong in these rooms, you need tangible power. Don't buy in, off on the bullshit. You're going to be a much better fellow in the fellowship if you learn the program, too. Okay, so at, at the start, this was all we needed to commence spiritual growth to affect our first conscious relation with God as we understood him. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which then seemed entirely out of reach. Where's my people that have been working with others? Had a spiritual awakening, there's all the steps working with others. How many of you had your beliefs radically rearranged? Keep walking in it. and we, we, Number one, the journey is to find out, not theorize, know who I am and whose I am. And once I know that, I cannot fail. And that's a good thing to know for someone like me who easily gets lost in my own perceived failures. I will medicate them. No one else? (laughs) Okay. Afterward, we found ourselves accepting many things which seemed entirely out of reach. That was growth, but if we wished to grow, we we had to begin somewhere, so we used our own conception, however limited it was. So Bill talked about Abby telling him, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Let's start there. Right? And then he started pointing out to him that he was having revelations in the spirit. Right, And by the time Bill finishes his witness, he says, there sat a miracle right across the kitchen table from me. At long last, I saw, I felt, and then I believed. Right? Okay. So, we needed to ask ourselves but one short question. Do I now believe, or am I even willing to believe, that there is a power greater than myself? Those of you that have never had this experience and had it broke down, Do that in your room tonight in your mirror. Talk to you and ask, am I willing to believe there's a power greater than myself? Willing to believe. That's not a hard standard. And I will ask you, if you're not willing to believe that, what the fuck are you doing here? (laughs) You're wasting valuable high time. If you don't believe that the prison system, heroin, fentanyl, alcohol, 
methamphetamine, cocaine, some combination there is a power greater than you. What are you doing? Wasting high time. Yeah. <laughs> Say that in the mirror too. As soon as a man can say that he does believe or is willing to believe, we emphatically assure him that he's on his way. Why did I get so animated? Because don't deny yourself that experience of deliverance based on fear that's holding you back from becoming a better version of you. It's been repeatedly proven among us that upon this simple cornerstone, a wonderfully effective spiritual structure can be built. What's the cornerstone? Willingness. Willingness is divine power. Don't let anyone get it twisted. When people tell you, you know what? I won't work with you. You're not willing. That's because I'm judging them. The fact of the matter is, willingness is divine power. Once they know they're not judged by me, they'll start trying to perform. That's the way it works. And that power will emanate through them. That was great news to us, for we'd assume we could not make use of spiritual principles unless we accepted many things on faith which seemed difficult to believe. How many of you have been caught in that? I've got to take the whole deal i got to go start talking in tongues and crawling around on the floor. It's not true. You don't. You did all that shit in addiction anyway. I don't know why you feel. <laughs> when people presented us with spiritual approaches, how frequently did we all say, I wish I had what that man has. I'm sure it would work if I could only believe as he believes. But I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him. How many of you have had that experience? Heard an inspirational speaker, thought, I can't talk like that. I, I, I believe that they believe, but I don't believe that's for me. Any of you had that experience? Come on, all of us as humans have had that. Okay, so here's what I'm going to tell you. If you could hear it, you've already got it. And we've got a process for you to help reveal that to you through you. Does that make sense? Okay. Some of you are still feeling it. Who's still feeling it? Yeah. Okay. So, but I cannot accept as surely true the many articles of faith which are so plain to him, so it was comforting to learn that we could commence at a simpler level. How many of you are a little comforted finding out that we can actually do this without hellfire and brimstone and we can just a whole bunch of us people that have had a difficult start in life come to believe in a common purpose and a a brotherly, sisterly love that, that can lift populations up. Okay. Besides the seeming inability to accept much on, on faith, we often found ourselves handicapped by obstinacy, sensitiveness, and unreasoning prejudice. Any of you found yourself ob- hindered by unreasoning prejudice, obstinacy, sensitivity? I used to hear in the rooms a lot, lots of years ago, I, I'm sensitive because I'm alcoholic. You ever heard that? <laughs> Come on, where's my people been around a minute? I know you've heard it. Okay, you're not sensitive because you're alcoholic. You're sensitive because you're sensitive. But because you're sensitive and alcoholic, your sensitivity's killing you. <laughs> so you might want to grow in consciousness and lose your sensitivity. Does it make sense? Okay. So many of us have been so touchy that even casual reference to spiritual things made us bristle with antagonism. This is why we want you to understand your sensitivity will keep you from your destiny if you allow it to. And so we're warning you in advance. We know because we've been that guy, but this power meets us where we are and then takes us where we're going. And inevitably, we go places we had not imagined for ourselves. Yeah? They tell us that in the vision. It really does happen. 
So this sort of thinking had to be abandoned. Though some of us resisted, we found no great difficulty in casting aside such feelings. Faced with alcoholic destruction, we soon became as open-minded on spiritual matters as we tried to be on other questions. In this respect, alcohol was a great persuader. It finally beat us into a state of reasonableness. So seemingly, the only requirement for 12-step recovery is to show up reasonable. How many of you, uh, how many of you got reasonable at some point? They said it was a tedious process. How many of you can relate? Okay. We hope no one else will be prejudiced for as long as some of us were. The reader may still ask why he should believe in a power greater than himself. We think there's some good reasons. Let's have a look at some of them. The practical individual of today is a stickler for facts and results. Nevertheless, the 20th century readily accepts theories of all kinds, provided they're firmly grounded in fact. We have numerous theories, for example, about electricity. Any of you have theories about electricity? Okay. Everybody believes them without a murmur of doubt. How many of you believe in electricity? Why do you believe in electricity? Because you've experienced its effects. I, we often don't get people to internalize what these people are trying to tell us that's so profound. We have experienced God's effects, we just don't know that's what we've experienced. We already believe in stuff we can't see and don't fully comprehend because we have experienced its effects and somebody told us the lights came on because the power was on. And we believe them even though we stay stuck in our beliefs that aren't serving us in other matters. Does that make sense? Okay. So why this ready acceptance? So they want us to examine it, go inward. Why, why do I know if I walk back and change the thermostat, I don't have to stand and stare at it, I just come back up here and do what I'm doing, the temperature will change. It was an act of faith. Why do I know that? Because I've experienced that effect. And someone told me that's what would happen, right? Okay. So why this ready acceptance? Simply because it was impossible to explain what we see, feel, direct, and use without a reasonable assumption as a starting point. So they told us we were going to be possessed of a new sense of power and direction. We're going to call your attention to it, and you're going to start seeing the effects in your lives and the lives of others. And we're going to remind you that my admission of powerlessness wasn't a temporary condition. Me of myself am powerless, but me, conscious, have access to power. Yeah? Okay? So everybody nowadays believes in scores of assumptions which there's good evidence but no perfect visual proof. And does not science demonstrate that visual proof is the weakest proof? Another question mark. Now this was written at the beginning of last century. Now with all the technical knowledge that we have now, visual proof doesn't prove anything, does it? I saw it on the internet, so I know it's true. <laughs> it's... It's being, it's being constantly revealed as mankind studies the material world that outward appearances are not inward reality at all. To illustrate the prosaic steel girder is a mass of electrons whirling around each other at incredible speed. So they're just talking, prosaic just means of prose, unimaginative. We've all walked past girders. We know them to be building supports, but we also know them to be a swirling mass of electrons whirling around at incredible speed. But that's not what we see, correct? Okay. These tiny bodies are governed by precise laws, and these laws hold true throughout the material world. Science tells us so. We have no reason to doubt it. 
When, however, the perfectly logical assumption is suggested that underneath the material world and life as we see it, there is an all-powerful guiding creative intelligence, right there our perverse streak comes to the surface and we laboriously set out to convince ourselves it isn't so. So what I would ask you to do is start to consider what you believe and why you believe it and then think about what they're saying. Is it possible that there was a spirit of scientific inquiry that came into the world and deceived us from what was really going on versus what we thought was going on? How many of you recognize that the human body is made up of some, what, 70, 80% water? How many of you, where's my tweakers? Did you, did, you, did you guys ever try and stack water? Get it to walk around? We walk around as a water balloon our whole life. We're that same whirling mass of electrons, aren't we? We make up the material world, but we see separation. How come if there's so much separation, I can feel you and you can feel me? Maybe, maybe what I see is not what's there. Anyway, so we read wordy books and indulge in windy arguments thinking we believe this universe needs no God to explain it. Were our contentions true, it would follow that life originated out of nothing, means nothing, and proceeds nowhere. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearheads of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists chose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and end of all. And then they say rather vain of us, wasn't it? And he did not read past that and see why they said that. So alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. How many of you have concluded that there were some other humans involved in the decision for you to enter this world? <laughs> did you have parents? Did almost everyone have parents? Did they consult you in the decision? Unlikely that they did. So that takes out alpha. Now, how many of you in your addiction did things that you watched other people die doing? Wondered many times why you woke up and they didn't? Why you survived and they didn't? Any of you had that experience? Hmm. It means you don't know much about the end either. Right? How many of you wished for your death? Tell me when, right? I don't know anything about the beginning or the end. How many of you had a little trouble remembering the middle? <laughs> Rather vain of us, wasn't it? To think I'm all that. So they said, instead, why don't you regard yourselves as spearheads of God's ever advancing, the driving force of God's love on earth. Why don't I take that mindset instead of out of nothing, proceeding nowhere? Seems like a better belief system, doesn't it? Okay, you've got to start somewhere. So. All right, so we have traveled this dubious path, beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. We've learned that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. Is that true for you? About life in general. I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about recovery. Just... I lived my life aimlessly for some period of time and didn't even know that's what I was doing. Okay. 
We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness we should have sought ourselves. Whereas my recovery people don't do churches of any type, anything, but you go to recovery and you did your thing, but you bounced a little. Any bouncers? Did you notice there was people that were always there when you came back. I'm not the ones that are making fun of you for not sticking. I'm talking about the ones that shook your hand, realized your coffee cup had to only be half full because you couldn't stabilize the cup. I'm talking about the people that were obviously knew where you were and were there to support you in it. Okay, so we saw that it did give faith and purpose and happiness to lots, yeah? Okay. So I'm going to go from there over to, instead we looked at the human defects of these people and sometimes used their shortcomings as a basis of wholesale condemnation. Did any of you do that? And is it possible we did it with other experiences? Probably, right? We talked of intolerance while we were intolerant ourselves. We missed the reality and the beauty of the forest because we were diverted by the ugliness of some of its trees. We never gave the spiritual side of life a fair hearing. Any of you relate to that? Because the practices seem foreign or whatever. Okay. In our personal stories, you'll find a wide variation in the way each teller approaches and conceives of the power which is greater than himself. Whether we agree with that particular approach or conception seems to make little difference. Experience has taught us these are matters about which, for our purpose, we need not be worried. They're questions for each individual to settle for himself. So my problem is never out there in your belief system. My problem is still going to be within me, right? The problem is where? Main problem centers in the mind. Where is the solution found? Deep down inside. So the problem and solution both reside in me. Which one am I going to feed? Got nothing to do with you. Make sense? That's going to take discipline, and it's going to take a power greater than me. I'm pretty sure you some bitches did it sometimes. <laughs> huh? Okay. On one proposition, however, these men and women are strikingly agreed. You got to get this, guys. Half of them are atheists or agnostics. The other half, believers dying in their alcoholism. Every one of them has gained access to and believes in a power greater than himself. Every one of them, regardless of belief. This power has, in each case, accomplished the miraculous, the humanly impossible. As a celebrated American statesman put it, let's look at the record. Here are thousands of men and women, worldly indeed. The book is called Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. It's not called the big book, that's just what we call it. The title of the book is telling you this is their testimony, and their testimony has power. That's why we have not adulterated it over all these years, because we don't want to, as drug addicts, we know we don't want to cut our own dope. Bad plan. <laughs> so we don't cut this, because the power of testimony is uplifting when it's taught right. Yes? So they flatly declare, since they've come to believe in a power greater than themselves, take a certain attitude toward that power and to do certain simple things, what do you imagine those are? Probably the next three through 12, right? Make a decision, do an inventory, find out what's obscuring my consciousness, what calamities, pomps, and worships, and then start making amends for harms done. The big amends is going out and showing others. Amen. Starting growing, right? Okay. So there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking. How many of you need a revolution in the way you live and think? 
pretty much every day, don't we? How many of you have been stuck in something today? Acted less kind than you wanted to or thought somebody else did something to you? Okay. So remember, this is power to philosophically comfort me, and I'm not going to be useful if I'm stuck in that unrest, right? All right, so there's been a revolutionary change in their way of living and thinking in the face of collapse and despair, in the face of the total failure of their human resources, they found that a new power, peace, happiness, and sense of direction flowed into them. They just told you what the effect was you were going to experience. Power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowing in. Does that sound tangible to you? Bill said, felt like the cool wind of a mountaintop blowing through and through. Another book says, rivers of living water will flow through. They found that a new power, peace, happiness, sense of direction flowed into them. This happened soon after they wholeheartedly met a few simple requirements. What are they? Trust God, power, clean house, work with others. Pretty simple, isn't it? Okay, so once confused and baffled by the seeming futility of existence, they show the underlying reasons why we are making heavy going of life. Leading aside the drink question, they tell why living was so unsatisfactory. They show how the change came over them. When many hundreds of people are able to say that the consciousness of the presence of God is today the most important fact of their lives, they present a powerful reason why one should have faith. Atheists or agnostics tell us to this day that consciousness of presence, awareness of being aware of God's presence in my life is the most important fact about me. People tell me all the time, Joe, what's your sobriety date? I said, that's the least interesting thing about me. Ask me who I serve. This world of ours has made more material progress in the last century than in all the millenniums which went before. Almost everyone knows the reason. Students of ancient history tell us that the intellect of men in those days was equal to the best of today. Yet in ancient times, material progress was painfully slow. The spirit of modern scientific inquiry, research, and invention was almost unknown. In the realm of the material, men's minds were fettered by superstition, tradition, and all sorts of fixed ideas. Some of the contemporaries of Columbus thought around earth, earth preposterous. Others came near putting Galileo to death for his astronomical heresies. Do you guys know from your science class what his astronomical heresies were? That the earth is moving around the sun and not the other way around. And whole cultures were built on the idea that the sun went around us. That's why we still, to this day, say, well, the sun will come up tomorrow. No, it won't. <laughs> it absolutely will not. a lack of perspective but we still do it right and then we can giggle about it but the reality is it's pervasive what we see is not what is necessarily yes so we don't want just eyesight without insight because I don't want to walk around spiritually blind right okay so we ask ourselves this are not some of us just as biased and unreasonable about the realm of the spirit as were the ancients about the realm of the material can we ask that of ourselves and say, yes, I think some of their beliefs are silly. And they think some of my beliefs are silly. Yes? 
Okay. Even in the present century, American newspapers were afraid to print an account of the Wright brothers' first successful flight at Kitty Hawk had not all efforts at flight failed before. Did not Professor Langley's flying machine go to the bottom of the Potomac River? So they're asking, this is an old news story, but it's operative in the, the face of this because faith is always powerful. So let's see what they have to say. Was it not true that the best mathematical minds had proved that man could never fly? Had not people said that God had reserved this privilege to the birds? Some people believe that, yes? Only 30 years later, the conquest of the air was almost an old story, and airplane travel was in full swing. And obviously, we know a lot more has happened since then, correct? Okay. But in most fields, our generation has witnessed complete liberation of our thinking. Show any longshoreman a Sunday supplement describing a proposal to explore the moon by means of a rocket, and he'll say, I bet they do it, maybe not so long either. Of course, since that time, those things have been accomplished too. Now, if you've got enough money, you can buy, build your own rocket. <laughs> Is not our age characterized by the ease with which we discard old ideas for new, by the complete readiness with which we throw away the theory or gadget, which does not work for something which does? So... Can I see that I have a capacity for faith and a capacity to grow in new movements, new technologies? Can I see that I have that within me? Okay. So we had to ask ourselves why we shouldn't apply to our human problems this same readiness to change. Because I've been acting in faith all along to some extent, yes? Okay, so, so it says we were having trouble with personal relationships. How many of you have had that experience? This is the unmanageability you cop two and one, but you didn't know what it was. You, you activated faith by copping to this. Now we're going to introduce you to it in two, now that you've encountered power to do something about it. We were having trouble with personal relationships. We couldn't control our emotional natures. We were prey to misery and depression. We couldn't make a living. We had a feeling of uselessness. We were full of fear. We were unhappy. We couldn't seem to be of real help to other people. Any of that resonate? So that's the unmanageability that I was trying to, my, my solution to that unmanageability was to drink and do drugs. And now that that's not working so well, I need power to philosophically comfort me, and now I've broken enough to start paying attention to what my experience is, yeah? Okay. So when we saw others solve their problems by a simple reliance upon the spirit of the universe, we had to stop doubting the power of God. Why do we come to believe in power? Because I'm doubting the power. Even if I'm claiming a theology, I doubt the power, I wouldn't be drinking myself to death. Make sense? Our ideas did not work, but the God idea did. The Wright brothers' almost childish faith that they could build a machine which would fly was the mainspring of their accomplishment. So I'm going to stop here pretty quick, but see what they said was important. Everyone proved that what they intended to do could not be done, but their faith activated their ability. And I wanted you guys that are sitting in here, especially the members, when you go to a financier to build a place like this for a bunch of people like us, everyone says it cannot be done. But our childlike faith is manifest here. So what happened then? still happening now, and it's still the same activating agent, is what I'm here to tell you. Right, Joe? Okay. Without that, nothing could have happened. 
We as agnostics and atheists were sticking to the idea that self-sufficiency would solve our problems. When others showed us that God's sufficiency worked with them, we began to feel like those who insisted the rights could never fly. Please don't limit yourself in your beliefs to what you can make sense of, because putting God in a box is always a bad plan. For our purposes, God is tangible power. God is the fulfillment of destinies. God is the deliverer. Follow us around in here, guys. Watch us every day, just like is promised. The blind see, the lame walk, the captives are set free every day here. And that's it. That's it, too. Next time we'll make a decision.